You're listening to Sort of Spiritual. Not too long ago, I never would have called myself a spiritual person. But in the past few years, I've gone from being broke, sick all the time, feeling trapped in a job that made me miserable, to easily building a six-figure business, finding the most incredible partner, and creating the freedom to live my life. And along the way, it looks like I've become sort of spiritual. In this podcast, I'm going to bring you the most impactful tools and lessons I've found for personal and spiritual growth. In season one, we're diving into human design, my favorite tool for self-awareness, easy alignment, and the catalyst behind my massive life upgrade. I'm so grateful you've chosen to join me on this journey. Let's get into it. Hello, welcome to another episode on type. Today, we're getting into generators, as I'm sure you could tell by the title. I absolutely love talking about generators, and I'm so happy to share this episode with you today. We're, of course, going to be covering some of the foundational pieces of being a generator, their strengths, their challenges, as well as the way I see the generator aura and how you can maximize yours. We'll be talking about what it means for generators to find the right work and a lot about the generator strategy of responding. As usual, I have a cheat sheet for you to help you better remember the generator points. And this one will be extra helpful because how I imagine the generator aura has a visual component to it. And this cheat sheet will help you see that how I see it. You can find it at sortofspiritual.com slash generator, or the link will be below this episode. As you're listening to this, I should be somewhere in Morocco drinking all the mint tea I possibly can and hopefully enjoying some sunshine and some warm weather. I am currently about to head to the airport. I'm just finishing up the last couple things before I leave. After that, next week we'll be back to business as usual. And I have a fun class coming up with a friend who is also in the human design space. So keep an eye out for that on Instagram. It'll be sometime in November, especially if you're thinking of starting a business using human design. Okay, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Let's start with a generator basics overview. Generators are about 37% of the population. Their strategy is to respond. Their signature is satisfaction. Their not self theme is frustration and their aura is open and enveloping. Generators can either have an emotional authority or a sacral authority, but that is it. Those are their only two options for authorities. Their focus is really around mastery, family, and right work. And I'll get into more about what I mean by these themes as we continue. When we talk about generators, the mechanics of a generator or what makes a generator is that they have a defined sacral center. So if you're looking at your body graph, you will have that red center, that red square near the bottom colored in. And the sacral center is really the central piece of being a generator. And the other piece for a generator is that they will not have a motor to the throat. So what that means, the emotional solar plexus is a motor, the sacral is a motor, the root center is a motor, and the will center is a motor. So none of those will be connected to the throat. If you have a generator that has that sacral center and one of those motors connected to the throat, that's what makes them a manifesting generator, which we'll cover more when we get to that episode. When we look at the strengths of a generator, their strengths really rely in their response, their sacral response. It's about responding to the right work. It's about achieving mastery and being really good at what it is they're responding to. 
They have a great capacity to know themselves. So the sacral is an awesome tool for them to have this degree of clarity that other types don't necessarily have or not in the same way at least. They're great at following through and using that sustainable workforce energy that comes from the sacral to see things through to completion, especially when they respond. They have a massive amount of energy. And again, if you're a generator and you don't relate to having a massive amount of energy, we're going to get into that. Some of the challenges of being a generator are finding the right work or thinking that you have to find the right work. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. Another challenge is that others want access to your energy. Others can sense like you have this incredible sacral energy and sometimes they might try to take advantage of it and not even necessarily maliciously, but it's like, oh, this person has a resource. I want to use it or I want access to it. Sometimes generators don't actually know the value of their energy and their power. And quite honestly, not a lot would get done in this world or it wouldn't get done well if it wasn't for that sacral generator energy. Generators can also be challenged with quitting too soon or getting frustrated when they hit a plateau on their learning curve. They have a challenge also sometimes accepting that they're not here to be a manifester. And I promise you, being a generator is so wonderful. Once you understand your type, you won't want to be a manifester. That's my hope anyways. But because they have so much energy and because of the conditioning that largely lies in the world of conditioning people to behave like manifestors, they really want to be able to do that initiating. It's something that they've been conditioned to do for the majority of their life for the most part. But again, once you really get your type, you won't need to feel that. But again, once you really get your type, you won't need to feel that, but it can happen at first. The challenge of waiting as a generator. Waiting does not feel natural, especially at first. It's something that generators need to build a relationship with. They also need to build a relationship with trusting the universe, trusting that it's going to bring them what they need to respond to. Generators can sometimes also overcommit their energy and get really into their obligations and shoulds and get busy working and ignoring what lights them up. And when that happens, that really leads to burnout. It blocks their energy. It blocks their wealth. It blocks their joy. We'll talk more about this later in the episode. So the right work. Let's talk about this a little bit. I already mentioned this concept, and it is a big piece about being a generator, work. And when I say work, what I really mean is using the sacral energy. Using your sacral energy can be so many things. It can be work. It can be raising a family. It can be starting a charity. It can be philanthropy. It can be creative work. It can be working out. It could be dancing. It could be farming. It could literally be anything. It's just about using your energy. That's what I mean when I talk about work. So I don't want you to hear work like, oh, generators are meant to work a nine to five and do this job that they hate. No, not at all. You are designed to use that sacral energy that you have been gifted with in a way that works for you. And you don't need to find the right work. I think this is a really big misconception with generators. And I think this is also a really beautiful part about being a generator. Generators will have the right work find them. The right work will be drawn to you. You magnetically bring it into you and you will discover it through the process of responding, through your strategy and authority. And every response that you make will move you closer to fulfilling your individual potential. So it's not this mission that you have to go on to find the right work. It's just getting into alignment and letting the right work find you. 
Human design also says that right work is said to slow the aging process of the body for generators. So your body is more vital for longer, which I think is really cool. And that comes back, I believe, to the sacral piece where when you are doing things that light up the sacral, you are regenerating your energy and your sacral center. Where when you're just using your energy, but it's not something that feels good, it's not something that lights you up, you are like degenerating that energy so you're not replenishing it. Okay, on to the signature of a generator. The signature is satisfaction. And this is achieved when you can really relax and trust your strategy, trust your authority, trust that you will be provided with what you need for you to be able to respond to, and that you will be able to do the right work and you will be led to that. And the satisfaction is also really there from spending that sacral energy. As a generator, when you have spent your energy for the day doing something that feels good, that lights you up, that you're excited about, there's so much satisfaction that comes of like a job well done, of work well done, of using that energy up to its full potential. So that idea that when the sacral completes what it's responded to, that's where you get that deep satisfaction that feels so good to a generator. And I want to reiterate this, that your mind will not figure this out on its own. You can't figure out right work. You respond to right work. And I love this example. I don't actually know if this person is a generator, but I think it illustrates this idea of responding and doing what lights you up quite well. One of my friends used to work at a marketing firm like over a decade ago. And one of her coworkers, who also worked at this marketing firm, started designing jewelry on the side just for fun. She just liked to make stuff. And so she allowed herself to have the time to make the jewelry. And from there, she ended up learning to draw because she would draw already for the jewelry designs. And this way she could make more intricate details when it came to the designs. And she enjoyed the drawing part. So she started drawing more. And from there, she took a bit of a leap and ended up in textiles and creating textiles because from the drawing, she was able to transfer that skill to designing fabric. And from designing fabric, she ended up designing wallpaper and apparently was quite successful in this wallpaper design business, which is so cool because sitting at that marketing job at her desk, she could not have planned becoming a wallpaper designer from where she was. It was not anywhere near her realm of interest or awareness even, but through following what she loved and what she was excited about, she found something that she loved and was really talented at. And so there's a degree of trust that your mind will not be able to figure out your right work necessarily on its own. You need your strategy and authority to respond, and we're gonna talk a lot about that over these next two episodes. The not-self theme of a generator is frustration, and the frustration often comes from trying to initiate. You have all this energy, you're trying to start things, you're trying to make things happen, and it's just like, ugh, it's so frustrating, it's annoying, it's not working. There's all these obstacles. You know, one of my students on an HD school call, I think it was last week, was saying it just feels like they're, as a generator, constantly pushing this boulder up a hill when they're trying to initiate. There's a lot of frustration that comes from that. There's also frustration, of course, when you're not listening to your authority and when you're responding to the wrong things. Or even when you're trying to control life too much, like you're making too many plans, you're being too rigid, you're not leaving enough space for things to come into your aura for you to respond to. And so speaking of auras, the generator aura is open and enveloping. And I love the word enveloping in this sense. I feel like the generator energy is just like a blanket that just takes you in when it's lit up, when it's excited. 
but the generator aura is here to communicate that life force energy of the sacral. And it attracts the things and people and opportunities for you to respond to. Now, I think this is so cool. And we'll talk about it more when we talk about the sacral, I think in the next episode. But it's really incredible what the aura does communicate, especially for generators. So you want to keep your aura clear of unnecessary obligations, your energy field clear of unnecessary obligations. Because other energies will be able to sense that there isn't space to access this energy from your sacral if you're operating at capacity. So I like to imagine the generator aura kind of like a pie chart. Now, obviously it's not, but I think this helps to illustrate the importance of how you choose to spend your energy or how you maybe don't even have awareness of how you're spending your energy. So if we look at a pie chart, and I will include this visual example in the generator cheat sheet, just so it's easier for you to see if you want to download it and follow along with this. Let's say we have 20% of our time being spent on joy time, as I like to call it, or things that light you up. Let's say we have 65% of our time spent on obligations. So maybe that's work or other things you don't necessarily love doing. And let's say you have 10% of your energy spent on stuff that you absolutely hate, cannot stand, which, you know, sometimes that happens. That's okay. Maybe you hate cleaning or cooking or running errands or whatever it is. It's stuff that you just really don't enjoy. And so if you add that up, then you have 5% left over free space. So if you imagine when it comes to generator energy, that the percentage of time you spend on your joy time, on the stuff that lights you up. So in this example, we have 20% spent on joy time and we have 5% available energy, right? That 20% energy is what I like to imagine as how powerful your magnetism is. Because the more you're doing stuff that really lights you up, and I don't just mean you up, that like turns on your sacral, that is like a heck yes for your sacral, that is going to make you more magnetic. So the more you can increase the amount of time and energy you're spending on stuff that is like a heck yes as a generator, the more your percentage there is going to grow and then the more magnetic you're going to become. But in this example, like I said, we only have 5% left over for free space. What do we do with this 65% obligations and 10% stuff that we hate? If we want to increase our joy time from 20% to something more, we only have 5% free space. So that's 25% maximum we can do. So ideally, we want to reduce the stuff that we don't enjoy doing, reduce our obligations, give ourselves more free time or more free energy space rather, as well as the capacity to respond to more stuff that is a heck yes for us. So if you imagine a project or something comes along in this example where you only have 5% free energy and it needs 10% of your sacral energy, this opportunity is just going to keep walking past you. Because like I said, the auras communicate beyond our awareness. So if you only have 5% available and an opportunity that you would absolutely love is going to take 10% of your energy, the energetic communication, the aura communication can sense that your sacral doesn't have the capacity. It only has 5% available. It needs 10%. It can't fit in. And if you don't have the capacity to respond to those opportunities, you won't even get the ability to respond. It's like... Someone has this great opportunity for you at work and your calendars are all connected and they want you to do this public speaking thing and you would love it and you would be great for it, but they look at your calendar, they see how busy you are, so they don't even bother telling you about it because they assume that it's just going to be a no or that you're not going to be able to because you don't have the space. 
So the more you can do what lights you up, the more attractive you are to opportunities. And by attractive, I mean like magnetically attractive. And then on the flip side, you also need to have some sort of free energy space for these opportunities to be able to fit into. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about responding. Let's get into the strategy for the generator. The strategy for the generator is to respond. And often it's said that you need to wait to respond, and this is true, but you usually don't have to wait a long time, especially when you're in alignment. You are a magnet for things to show up. You're not meant to go out and make things happen. You're not meant to chase things. You're just meant to do the stuff that you love, that is a heck yes for your sacral, that turns your sacral on, and the things will come to you and you get to respond. It's like you're in this, I don't know, fancy hotel or a restaurant or something, and you don't even have to order off the menu. People are just bringing you these beautiful dishes of food. Would you like this? And you're like, no. Would you like this? Yes. So you just get to respond. You don't have to go hunt it down and think of what you want to eat and then tell the kitchen. It's like they're just going to bring it to you and you can respond. That all being said, you have so much energy with your sacral center that you could force your way through life. But again, when you do that as a generator, when you use that force, when you force things to happen, it leaves you frustrated and unfulfilled. So your life can really unfold easily and in flow. And I like to think of it as it's this next step and the next step and the next step. And don't get too caught up on where the exact destination is and exactly what it has to look like. It comes back to having that degree of trust and that degree of surrender. And this can feel really frustrating for generators. You don't want to wait for things to respond to. You have this energy and you want to just go. So it takes a little bit of time for you to really build up that trust. When I talk to generators or coach them or do readings with them, I really like to reframe this idea of responding. You have the luxury of responding instead of, oh, I have to do this. I'm not allowed to take action. Human design tells me I can't. No, you get the luxury of responding with certainty. And I think that's so beautiful and so incredible that you have access to certainty through your sacral like no other types do. Even if you have emotional authority, you still have the ability through your sacral to know yourself and have a degree of certainty unlike the other types as you're taking steps, as you're moving forward, as you're responding. It's like every step of the way, you're getting this confirmation of, yes, you are on the right track. You're on the right track. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep going. So I really believe you get the luxury of responding. You don't have to just put yourself out there unsolicited. Or I think I heard this example somewhere, and I can't remember if it was Karen Curry or if it was from Raw who said this, but this idea that if you go back to middle school dances, at least when I grew up, it was like all the boys on one side, all the girls on the other side. And I bet that's changing now. There's such a different conversation with gender and fluidity and with Gen Zs especially, which is right on track for the upcoming 2027 evolution, but that's a topic for another day. However, in this example of like boys being on one side, girls being on the other, the manifester, for example, would need to cross that middle ground and they have to go and ask the other person to dance or they have to tell the other person, inform them, let's say, that they want to dance with them, where the generator just gets to do their thing, enjoy their time, have people come up to them and ask them to dance or tell them they want to dance and they get to respond to that. They don't have to cross that empty space where everyone's looking at them and watching them and they're like, oh, are they going to get rejected? They just get to respond. And so, like I said, it's really a luxury of being able to respond. And I think that's a very powerful reframe as a generator if this is something that you want to experiment with. 
So what do you respond to? The basic rule with a generator is that you can respond to anything outside of you. And this is really a mechanical thing of how the sacral center works. The sacral just doesn't respond to your own inner world very well. It needs something to show up in your outer reality. Now, this could be someone asking you a yes or no question of like, hey, do you want to see this movie? Yes or no. Or you could see a billboard when you're driving for this new chocolate bar. There's this billboard that used to be outside my boyfriend's condo that was always advertising chocolate bars and it made me want them so badly. Anyways, you could see an Instagram post. You could hear something on a podcast. You could look at something on a menu. You could overhear a conversation. Someone could say something to you in conversation. The idea is it just needs to be outside of you so that your sacral can be like, yes, that thing or like, no. I have this example of someone I did a reading for a couple years ago, and I love this in terms of responding. She was a restaurant owner in the UK, and her and her partner went on vacation, and they went to this like little beach town and ate a meal, dinner, lunch, whatever it was, in this cute little place on the water. And they had been thinking about relocating their restaurant or opening a different restaurant in a different location for a while. And they really loved this place on the water and her and her partner were talking about how cool it was and like, wouldn't it be great if they had a place like this? But they didn't do anything about it. They didn't hunt down the owner and ask him if he was willing to sell the place. They didn't go on this like wild rampage in this town looking for other places like it that might be for sale. They just let the idea be there and we're like, yes, this is cool. We'd love to have a place like this. And to a degree, that's like a little mini response right there. But instead of initiating it, it was just enjoying this, having this awareness of like, wow, this would be a really great place. And a couple of weeks later, she was flipping through a magazine and saw that that exact place was for sale. And immediately it was just like, yes, uh uh-huh, this is what we're doing. It's for sale. Let's buy it. And it was a very easy, smooth experience for them to get this restaurant as opposed to really putting a lot of force or effort into it. And like I said, maybe this is a bit of a messy example because there was probably a bit of a response as they were eating at the restaurant of like, ooh, yes, this place, this is what we want. But again, the responding often unfolds, right? Where it's like that was a response of like, ooh, yes, this place. And then when they saw it was for sale, it was like, yes, absolutely, this is what we want. She didn't even know that she was a generator at this time, but a lot of generators do seem to understand how to use their response energy intuitively. So if you have examples of this, definitely send me a DM. I would love to hear them. It's so cool to hear stories of generators responding, especially before they knew that's how they're meant to operate. I heard a teacher, I believe it was Marianne Winnegar, talk about experimenting with strategy, specifically responding when it was first taught. And she said that she was radical about it and recommends being radical and using your strategy when you're experimenting, especially as an adult, because it's a quick way or a quicker way to help you unlearn how you normally operate, where she wouldn't start a conversation with somebody. Like she wouldn't initiate anything unless there was something for her to respond to. And like I mentioned, generators are often so conditioned to initiate that if it's something that you feel called to, I think experimenting with this like radical response idea might be really interesting just to notice how much you actually do initiate. And it can take some time to build up that trust that there will be things for you to respond to. Another question that one of my students was just asking yesterday was about what do I do if I have an idea? 
what if I have this idea and I want to initiate and I want to start something? Again, in this sense, especially if you're being a radical about response, you do nothing. You write the idea down and you move on with your life doing other things that you're responding to that light you up. And if it comes back to you through your outer reality, and again, it gives you this opportunity for you to respond to and your sacral responds, yes, then that's the green light that it's like, now is the right time. This is the right idea. Let's go. Let's do this. As opposed to just trying to force any idea that you have into action. That's where a lot of that generator frustration and burnout comes from. Okay, if you've listened to my other podcasts, you know that I cannot help myself from using Google Maps analogies, but I love talking about Google Maps when we're talking about alignment. So when you think about your sacral and responding, there's a correlation between Google Maps and sacral response and getting to this level of trust. So depending on where you live in the world, you might have a higher level of trust with Google Maps than others. I used to live in Dubai and Google Maps did not work there at all. It would tell you to turn down roads that didn't exist. It would show that you were in the middle of nowhere when you were very clearly driving on a road. Google Maps didn't even register as a road. So (laughs) you might not trust Google Maps if you're in a situation like that. And let's say this is where you're starting off with your level of trust with the sacral. You're like, I don't know about this. I don't trust that it's going to register anything. I don't trust it's going to tell me where to go. But then you move somewhere else. So for example, you move back to Toronto, like where I am in Toronto. And for the most part, Google Maps is very reliable here. It works very well. And I trust that directions will come. I'm told when to turn. I'm told where to go. If I miss a step or if I take the wrong exit on the highway, it doesn't miss a beat it immediately will recalculate. And I don't know if you remember when these navigation systems, like the satellite ones and whatever first came out. And if you made a wrong turn, it would take like five minutes to recalculate. It doesn't do that anymore. Google Maps doesn't miss a beat. You don't even realize sometimes you've taken the wrong turn because it recalculates so quickly. It just tells you exactly what to do in the next step. And if there's an obstacle, if there is an accident, you will be given a new route and you won't even necessarily know. It'll just tell you to go a different way. So you don't actually need to know where or how you're going to get to the place exactly. You just know that you're going to get where you're designed to go. If you listen to Google Maps as you get there. And sometimes we think that our way is better. You know, God bless my mother. She does this often when we're driving. She really hates traffic. And as soon as there is like the littlest bit of traffic, especially on highways, it's like, oh, I know this other way. Let's take the back roads. Let's do this. And I'm always like, mom, because it's never faster. It's like you see the time on Google where it's like, okay, you're going to arrive at quarter past the hour. And then after using her back roads, we get there at like half past. So I love her dearly. And she could use some trust when it comes to (laughs) this analogy. Anyways. My point being is that with Google Maps and with your sacral, even if you don't know what the direction is exactly, you just keep following the next step. And it takes you closer and it takes you closer in every turn, every step, every response is going to get you closer to that alignment, to that right place for you. Another question that often comes up is around the waiting piece of waiting to respond. And I want to be very clear that waiting to respond does not equal doing nothing. It is basically impossible for generators to do nothing. 
And I always find it funny, especially when I'm teaching group classes, because when I tell a generator that if I told you that you were like a projector and you were only meant to work two or three hours, four hours, whatever a day, generators would be like, oh God, why? They like using their energy. And when I'm talking about these general themes, I'm also talking about a healthy generator, an aligned generator. So you're, if you're a burnt out generator, you might be really happy to lie on the couch and do nothing most of the day. But when generators are healthy, they want to use their energy. They are always responding to things. Even when they're waiting for these bigger things to respond to, you're responding all day. You're doing what turns your sacral on. You're doing what feels good. You're doing what you're excited about. And the more you get in this flow of responding, the less you're going to have to wait for things to respond to. And again, going back to this idea of trust, there's always this question, it seems, of what if it doesn't show up? What if I'm doing all this work to be magnetic and do the right things? What if the opportunities for me to respond to don't show up? And first of all, trust that they will. Trust that you will be presented from these things for you to respond to. You just will. If there's something specific that you're wanting and it's not being presented to you in a way that you can respond to, trust that it's either not the right thing or it is not the right time for that thing to unfold. And we're not necessarily privy to why it's not the right time or why it's not the right thing. But often in hindsight, we can look back and it's like, oh yeah, thank God that thing that I thought I wanted didn't happen because this other thing that was so much better did. So if it's not showing up, there's a reason. There's a degree of surrender that you need to give to your sacral as a generator. And this takes time. This is a new operating system likely for you. As you experiment, as you build up that trust, there's a degree of surrender that comes that your sacral knows you better than your mind does. And a way that I sometimes look at it when things aren't showing up that we think we want, going back to that whole pie chart example, maybe there's something that you think you really want that's going to take up 7% of your energy. And let's say you have 20% of your energy available at this time. So that would leave you with 13% available energy for new opportunities. But Imagine if something incredible was going to be presented to you tomorrow or the next day or next week, but it's going to need 17% of your energy. So if you respond to this thing, or if you force this thing because you think it's what you want, that's going to take up this 13% of your sacral energy, you won't have the energy available for this next opportunity that's going to like blow your mind It is going to be so good. So it's having this degree of trust that if something isn't showing up, if it's not being presented for you to respond to, there's a reason. And I don't expect this trust to happen overnight for generators, but the more that you can practice responding, the more that you can practice clearing space in your energy and your aura so that there are more things to respond to, the easier it becomes. And sometimes it takes time. Okay, so speaking of this pie chart again, let's talk about obligations. These are such a downfall for generators for all types, really, but especially for generators because of how their sacral works. Obligations and shoulds are a block to opportunities. They rob you of the space for the right things. They rob you of the space for the things that bring you joy and they burn you out. So like I've mentioned, when I do readings, these weird visuals come to me to help me explain these concepts. And so I have a visual of a suitcase. Imagine you're going on a trip Hopefully when you're listening to this, I'm in Morocco and everything has gone according to plan and you only bring one suitcase there and back and you've packed your suitcase to the brim and half of your suitcase is full of clothes you don't really like, you never wear, you would be pretty happy to get rid of, 
but you packed them just in case you needed them. And you get to this destination and you see something incredible and you really want to buy it, but you're just like, oh, I can't. I only have this one suitcase. It's not going to fit in my suitcase. And I don't know, you're flying some airline that doesn't let you bring extra things, right? Let's just say in this example, you have all this stuff in there already. So Are you going to not get the thing that is perfect, that you want, that lights you up, that you are so excited about because your suitcase is half full of junk? Or are you going to toss some of that junk so that you can have space? Hopefully you're going to toss some of the junk. And that's how I look at this idea of obligations to a degree. One of the biggest tools I recommend for generators is to do a life audit, looking at your life in various categories, work, family, friends, hobbies, relationships, finances, self-care, whatever, anywhere that your energy is going, anywhere that your time is going, list out your obligations or these things that you should be doing in these areas. And shoulds are kind of things that hang over your head that feel heavy, like, oh, I should cook a fresh meal every night. I should always clean my house to look a certain way. I should go to the gym this many times. I should go in early to work, whatever. Maybe you have an obligation to be on this committee at work because like you feel like it looks good for you to do this, but you hate it and it sucks up so much of your time. So look at your list. Are these things lighting you up? Are they turning you on? Are they giving you joy or are they draining you? And some of them might be somewhere in the middle where it's just kind of like, eh, whatever, that's just this thing that I have to do. So look at this stuff and as much as possible, the things that drain you, you need to remove. And it might not happen overnight. I get that we live in a world where people have obligations, they have things that they have to do, that's okay. But you can set an intention with these things. So even having this level of awareness, maybe you hate cleaning, but you spend a lot of time doing it. So maybe you set an intention to hire a cleaner or to get a raise and then hire someone to do the cleaning for you. Maybe you hate cooking every night. And so you decide you're going to create a meal prep plan so you only have to cook once a week and everything will be done or you hire a meal delivery service. That's something that I do pretty frequently these days because cooking is not something that feels exciting to me right now. And although I'm not a generator, taking care of your energy is important for everyone. So instead of forcing myself to do something I don't like doing, there's so many healthy meal delivery places in Toronto, I just order the meal delivery and then I get good healthy food and I don't have to worry about cooking. I don't have to grocery shop. I don't have to clean up the kitchen. It is such a win for me and my energy. So the idea being, look at the stuff that you're doing that you don't enjoy, delegate them to other people if you can, but there's also going to be things that you just don't actually need to do. So look at those things and the things that don't need to be done and stop telling yourself that they should happen. Let them go. Experiment. This is all meant to be an experiment. So let these things go and see what comes in instead in that place when you have more open energy. When generators are feeling really out of alignment, you need to make space. If you're in a situation that really isn't working, if you're in a career that you don't like that's not fulfilling to you, if you're in a relationship, if there's something going on that's just really not working and you feel like you need a big change, you need to make space in your energy, in your aura, and then take note of the new opportunities that show up when you do have more space. Take some kind of a break, take some kind of a pause, and this can be an actual break. Maybe you want to take a two-week vacation, maybe you're going to quit your job or go on sabbatical, or maybe you're just going to create an intention and change something around your home, change something in your schedule to give yourself space for new things to show up. And remember that your aura operates as a whole. If you need to make a big change, you need to create space overall. So let's say you want a change in work or something. You like your work, but you still want some sort of change in this arena. 
and you look at how you're spending your time. And let's say you have this friend that you hang out with several times a week and they drain you and it feels horrendous when you hang out with them and it's so exhausting, but you've been doing this for a while and it's a habit. This is something that could potentially block you from your dream job or from your dream partner showing up because you're spending your time and energy on something that drains you, even if it's unrelated to that thing that you actually want. Spending your time on draining things, that degenerates your sacral energy, it's not contributing to your magnetism, and it's eating at your time that could be creating open space for new things to show up, for new things to show up. Okay, I love this analogy for generators about dancing with life. You really are in a dance with the universe, and I love this. It's like the universe takes a step and you respond. The universe takes a step and you respond. And it's constantly this response. The universe is always one step ahead of you. It's always leading. And it's like paths are just constantly unrolling in front of you. And you get to respond each step of the way. With every response, you're using your sacral. You're having confirmation that you're taking the next right step. This sounds like such a dream to me. So you never have to do something completely on your own. Trust that there's something to respond to, that there's this never-ending supply of dance partners or opportunities. So if you get into this dance and you don't like the dance that you're dancing, find another dance partner. Well, no, don't find another dance partner. You just need to stop dancing with the one that you have, give space, and the next one will come along. And with this analogy and in life, you also want to let the universe lead because no offense, it is a better leader than you in this sense. And when you both try to lead, it doesn't work. I'm not sure if you've ever done partner dancing. I remember there was this one time in university where we went out dancing with a bunch of people from this restaurant that I worked at. And there was this one bartender I worked with and he was a great dancer. It was so much fun dancing with him. He would like swing you all around and do these twirls and whatever. And it was so much more fun than me dancing on my own. And so I like this example because when it comes to a generator dancing with the universe, if they're dancing and they're great, and I was also trying to lead, it wouldn't work. It would have been so awkward. It would have been this exhausting thing of me trying to force things and trying to control this person who was far bigger than me, who was more experienced than me, that was stronger than me. So the result of that dance would probably have not been very fun. It would have been likely frustrating for both of us because when you both try to lead, it doesn't work. You need to let the universe lead. The universe knows what it's doing. You need to trust in this dance. And the result of this partner dance with the universe is going to be 100% more fulfilling than you could have imagined just dancing on your own. And it's not like you don't have choice here because you're responding. So if the universe does something and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, cool, make space for the next dance partner, right? And I think that this idea of satisfaction that you'll feel as a generator when you allow yourself to surrender and respond with your sacral is so helpful. I'm going to stop it there for part one of Generators. Next week, we are getting more into the sacral center, which is a core piece of being a generator, as well as understanding emotional generators, how generators are designed to learn and progress, and more. I hope you'll join me for that. You can download the generator cheat sheet I mentioned at sortofspiritual.com generator. And if you know a generator that could benefit from this episode or from reframing their type or their strategy, please share this with them. The more happy generators, the more satisfied generators we have in the world, the better world we have. 
Thank you for listening. I am sending you so much love and I will see you next week for Generators Part 2.